This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. You know, I was uh, watching some of the legislative uh, discussions that were taking place yesterday, and it was amazing. They went uh, late into the evening uh, last night. now, I, I mean, for me, that's late because we get up at oh dark thirty here to get ready for the show. But still, I think even for the legislature, that's late. Even if you're not getting up at uh, oh dark thirty in the morning here in Montana, God, I think. I mean, what was it? Close to nine o'clock, and they were still having this committee hearing taking place. Uh, they were uh, they were talking about this uh, definition of sex versus sex versus gender, and we talked yesterday with Jeff Lasloffy from the Montana Family Foundation about. One why uh, defining this uh, in the Montana Code is so important because, you know, right now the, the left is, uh, what have they got? I think Jeff Lasloff, he told us yesterday, there's over 700 different genders now that the left is, is pushing to confuse kids and to uh, transform America into something else. And so they've, they've, they've apparently come up with more than 700 different genders now. And so so and and that's that's why they want to confuse everything and so you know why is it so important that that we define sex that we define uh, you know the, the sex being okay you're either male or female from a biological standpoint because you know you can remove all the body parts you want you can get all the hair and makeup done that you want but at the end of the day your dna will still very clearly say whether you are a male or a female and why is this important look if if there's somebody out there that wants to live their life however they want to live their life this is america you do you but why does it matter that when it comes to state law when it comes to birth certificates when it comes to some basic things in life that we have a clear definition here well because if we want to protect opportunities for girls in girls sports if we want to protect opportunities for women's sports well you can't have biological males come in waving a birth certificate saying that well see the this liberal judge in billings montana says that i'm a female so i get to come play uh, on the sports team i get to come dominate the uh, the uh, tournaments now and then totally take away uh, those opportunities for for girls and women. And there, but there's a whole host of, of other examples of why this is important as well that Jeff Lasloff, he detailed yesterday. But, yeah, apparently the uh, the hearing went late in the night last night uh, because the left bust in all their folks from Missoula and Bozeman. And, you know, here's the pattern that you see of the liberal media. You, you, will, you will notice, just watch for this. You probably already noticed it yourself as well, but just watch for this. He, they, they will follow this pattern now because the Republicans have a super majority in the legislature and uh, hold the statewide offices in Montana here as well. They will always tout the number of people that the Democrats will pack into a hearing room. You, you notice what they're saying. What, what what the media is implying here is that, well, the elections didn't really matter. Who Montanans voted for and why Montanans voted for them really didn't matter. See, we just want a mob to pile into the hearing rooms. And if a mob can pile into the Capitol, then the mob should be the one that gets to rule the day. Not you, the people who voted in the elections. No, it's the mob that they want uh, to rule. They just don't want the Republicans uh, to pass their agenda. That's, uh, that's, of course, the big narrative. Here is your Montana news. 
Yellowstone County commissioners are looking to assist the election administrator with the next election by hiring a former interim election administrator. The long wait in getting last year's results with a new staff had been a learning experience for Ginger Aldridge in her first election as administrator. Q2 reported from a meeting Monday night that county commissioners are working to approve a contract to hire Kevin Gillen to work under Aldridge. This will infuse his experience towards improving the process and to address the voter rolls and ballot harvesting. That's the Montana News Minute. I'm Travis Lee. Here's a look at your real weather for Billings and Bozeman. For today, we'll have mostly cloudy skies and can't rule out a chance for some scattered light snow activity, but expecting less than a half inch of any snow accumulation. High temperatures looking to stay confined to the lower 30s for Bozeman, but approaching that 40-degree mark for Billings. Then as we head into the night tonight, any lingering light snow showers wrapping up early in the night, with lows dropping all the way back into the upper single digits for Bozeman, sticking closer, though, to the middle to upper teens for Billings. On Wednesday, Bozeman looking to stay dry with partly sunny conditions. A slight chance for just a dusting of some light snow early in the day for Billings, with highs working up into the upper 20s to lower 30s. Thursday, looking to stay dry, at least some partial sunshine expected there, with high temperatures staying confined to the lower 30s for Bozeman, but some lower 40s for highs near Billings. And that's a look at your real weather on Montana Talks. I'm weatherology meteorologist Michael Carroll. Well, on Friday, it was Kramer from Seinfeld. On Monday, it was Woody from Cheers. Uh, you know, sometimes there is so much crazy stuff in the news, you just got to find a way to laugh at it all, don't you? Hey, Aaron Flint here with Montana Talks. Yeah, we cover a lot of ground on this show, cover a lot of different topics. But here's the deal. If there's something we should be talking about that we're not talking about, and innovations. It's the place you want to be, and it's free. So, where to? Yeah, I know, Sean is the host, but the real star is Linda, the producer. Catch them both on The Sean Hannity Show, weekday afternoons, 1 to 4, on News Talk 103.3 and AM 970. Talking about the issues that matter to Montana. Statewide, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, I was looking at uh, Mara Silvers is uh, one of these uh, liberal reporters, and uh, she had uh, an update. This was from 10 hours ago. Somebody do the math for me here. Uh, let's see. Update. Uh, Chairman McGilvery confirmed the committee will be voting on this tonight because they have to move bills along. Yeah, Friday is the transmittal deadline. Uh, anyway, Senate Bill 458, that's a, a bill that we talked about yesterday here on this show, passed the Senate uh, public health committee on party lines republicans voting in support uh six uh to the democrats voting against a three senator or uh, anyway uh so uh so that was uh, some of the uh uh some of the updates that were coming in uh later in the evening uh last night but anyway jeff lasloff at the montana family foundation joined us in the nine o'clock hour of the show we played his legislative update earlier in the morning as well and he talked about the the importance of why this legislation needed to be passed let me just jump right into it we've got his legislative update already on hand for you here this morning Time now for a legislative update brought to you by the Montana Family Foundation. Here's President of the Montana Family Foundation and former Speaker Pro Tem, Montana House of Representatives, Jeff Laszlo. 
At certain points in every session, we like to pull back the curtain and give you a behind-the-scenes peek at the inner workings of the legislature. Today, we'll do that. And since yesterday was such a crazy day, we'll do it from the perspective of a lobbyist. And that lobbyist will be yours truly. It all began at 3 a.m., a half hour earlier than normal because House Judiciary was going in at 7 a.m. Everyone was starting early because Friday is the transmittal deadline and there are still hundreds of bills to hear and be voted on. The day for us began with the production of this broadcast. It normally takes about two and a half hours to produce, record, edit, and upload. Yesterday's show was a call to action on Senate Bill 458, a bill to define male and female in the Montana Code. After a quick breakfast, it was time to throw on a suit and head for the Capitol. Wearing a suit and tie is one of my least favorite parts of this job, but I do it out of a sense of respect for the legislature. By 6.30, I'm at the Capitol and meeting with legislators. House Judiciary kicks off at 7 o'clock with 14 bills to hear. Three of them are ours, but because of the order of the bills, they won't be heard for at least an hour. Shucks, I could have slept in. At 8 o'clock, we testify on House Bill 721, a bill to ban dismemberment abortion. It was one of those graphic hearings that leaves everyone drained. Too bad it was the first bill of the day. Next was House Bill 676, a bill to protect parental rights when it comes to transparency in schools and medical records. The hearing goes smoothly, and by now it's 9 a.m. At 9.10 a.m., I'm on the Montana Talks radio show with Aaron Flint to discuss Senate Bill 458 and our call to action. Statewide radio shows are key to getting the word out. At 9.45, it's back to Judiciary for a hearing on House Bill 625, the Infant Safety and Care Act. This bill is similar to to LR-131, the Born Alive Infant Protection Act, that narrowly lost at the ballot box last fall. The bill sponsor fixed the major concerns of the opponents and reintroduced the ballot measure as a bill. We're fairly certain it will pass. By now, it's 10.30 and time for an interview with Dave Brown at your network of praise. Once again, the topic was Senate Bill 458 and the need for everyone to call the Republican members of the Senate. YNOP not only blankets Montana, but covers parts of the surrounding states and even reaches up into Canada. By now, the Capitol switchboard is lighting up. By 11 o'clock, it's back to my room to prepare for four more afternoon hearings. A quick lunch and then a Zoom call with policymakers from across the U.S. Then, back to the Capitol by 2.30. After a quick conference with Montana Family Foundation Chief Legal Counsel Derek A. Stryker, it's off to Senate Education for a hearing on Senate Bill 413, dealing with limits on sex education. By now, it's 4.30, and we're waiting to begin the big hearing on Senate Bill 458, the sex definition bill. It finally starts at 5.30, and after testifying, I sneak down to House Education to testify on two religious liberty bills, then back up to Senate Public Health in time for questioning on Senate Bill 458. The hearing finally adjourns after 7 p.m., and most everyone leaves the Capitol. We hang around to watch executive action on the bill, which passes on a party-line vote at about 9 p.m. Now it's time to go home. This was by no means a normal day, but days like this happen every session in the run-up to transmittal. House Bill 458 is now out of the committee and on its way to the Senate floor. Please continue calling the Republican senators and asking them to vote yes. For more information, you can go to our website at montanafamily.org. For the Montana Family Foundation, this is Jeff Lasloffy reminding you that this government is your government and your input does make a difference. Contact the Montana Family Foundation at 406-628-1141 or on the web at montanafamily.org. You know what else is cool about that report from Jeff Lasloffy there? Not not to mention the incredible work that's being done on these very important issues in the state capitol in Helena. 
I mean, man, there there he is. He's going from three o'clock in the morning till late last night. I think he he tried to sneak out to another hearing room, and uh, the chairman of that committee, uh, Senator Tom McGilvery out of Billings, says, "We really need you here. Uh, you're going to have to stay here." But you know what? You know what the thing is is that Jeff Lasloffy from the Montana Family Foundation had that whole day, three a.m. till at least nine p.m. last night, uh, tracking multiple pieces of legislation. And and seeing all sorts of, of folks uh, from across the political spectrum, and he does it all with a smile on his face, and he does it all being kind to everybody that he meets along the way. That's what's so great about about Jeff Lasloffy is he's tackling some of these uh, major issues of the day, some of these really uh, divisive debates as well, where the radical left is really just trying to divide this country and tear this country apart, and. Uh, and he, and he tackles it all with a smile on his face. Uh, so great to see. So thanks to Jeff Lasloffy for all he does. All right, lots to talk about this morning uh, here on Montana Talks. The COVID uh, uh, lab leak theory uh, that the Energy Department basically said, yeah, it... Uh, That's 406-201-6263. 406-201-6263. With the Daybreak Ag Report on the Western Ag Network... I'm Lane Nordland. This week, I'm joining the National Potato Council in Washington, D.C. for their annual Washington Summit. And as producers prepared to engage with the elected officials on Capitol Hill this week, the association released a new report measuring the economic significance of the U.S. potato industry. Idaho's R.J. Andrus is president of the National Potato Council, and he says this comprehensive analysis is truly eye-opening. We thought the number was going to be big. We thought, you know, maybe $60 billion. The number came in at $100.9 billion with 714,000 jobs. Now, that was in 2021. So I'd be really surprised if that number hasn't grown in the last two years. Michigan State University, who conducted the analysis, broke down that $100.9 billion into three sectors, which included $10.8 billion in ag production and agribusiness services, $49.1 billion in processing, wholesaling, and retail, and $41 billion in food service industries and household consumption. R.J. Andrus says having this information is vital, especially as the 2023 Farm Bill is being crafted. Now we have actual numbers to back up what, we're, what our asks are, and hopefully we can, we can drive the point across that we are significant in the, in, the, in the economy of the United States. The U.S. is the world's fifth largest producer of potatoes. To read the full report, visit westernagnetwork.com. We'll be right back. Farmers know a thing or two about being tough, and they hold their wheat to that same standard. Their fields need to be able to take on anything, because there's no telling what tomorrow has in store. That's why Westbred brand wheat offers varieties like WB9590 and WB9719. Both offer high yield potential, standability, and are balanced with protein. Meet your standards of excellence. Plant Westbred. Performance may vary. Take a trip to the grocery store and you'll pay record high prices for food while multinational corporations rake in massive profits. Meanwhile, the farmer's share of the food dollar 
is only 15 cents. Farmers Union is fighting for laws in the Farm Bill, like a competition title that promote fair markets. A healthy and vibrant food system is possible, but we can't get there without fairness for farmers. Visit fairnessforfarmers.org, paid for by National Farmers Union. USDA analysts are projecting that farmers will this season plan a combined 228 million acres of corn, soybeans, and wheat, which would be the largest in nine years, up 3% from last season. USDA economist Andy Sowell during USDA's annual outlook forum says producers will have plenty of incentive to produce this year, and here's what he expects to happen. Corn acreage up about 2.4 million to 91 million. This is with high prices, strong profitability, Soybeans holding steady at 87.5, not losing any ground, and staying at a pretty strong planting level. And the biggest jump in acreage will likely be wheat up 3.8 million acres to 49.5 million, which would be the largest all wheat acreage in seven years. Up 3.8 million acres to 49.5, which would be the largest all wheat acreage in seven years. But we can't know what curveballs nature could throw at us when the time comes. <laughs> of course, yes, weather at planting time being the deciding factor and wild card for producers out in the countryside. That will do it for this morning's Daybreak Ag Report. Here on the Western Ag Network, reporting from Washington, D.C., I'm Lane Northline. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. I'm trying to remember who was the guy. Maybe uh, maybe some of our listeners can give us a hand here. Maybe you can help us out on this one. Who was the guy? He's a former New York Times science reporter. I, he must have been on with Tucker Carlson, or maybe there was a story in The Federalist. Uh, this was cow, probably a year or two ago plus. But he's a former New York Times science reporter, and he, he basically wrote this piece where he was interviewed where he said uh yeah it's of course the the uh, covid uh came from the lab in china of course they're responsible for it but then uh this is where he kind of made a break for it he said well but but we just need to move on uh it's something to that effect anyway i, I swear we had that guy on our show but i'm trying to remember what his actual name was and when we had him on the show because it'd be interesting to go back and listen to that audio now uh yeah, it was. Uh, so I was I was looking in our archives here, and I just did a quick search on the word "lab" in our audio files, and I pulled up. This was from May twenty seventh, twenty twenty one. Grabian Media had shared uh, this montage, and we got permission to air the full montage for you here from Grabian Media. But this was the supercut of the media dismissing uh, President Trump's. COVID lab theory when President Trump basically said, yeah, it came from China. The best evidence suggests that the kind of bat from which this virus jumped to humans wasn't even present there. But you know the worst of all, whether it came from the lab or came from the bats, or came, it all came from China. Because we don't know where the novel coronavirus came from yet, the conspiracy theories fill the void. I'm telling you the Chi-Coms are trying to weaponize this thing 
Conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh with zero proof suggesting a Chinese bioweapon lab is to blame. There's this question about the Wuhan lab. We know that it's been debunked. Those same agencies now have been tapped with investigating one of Trump world's most favorite conspiracy theories. This week, Donald Trump is still pushing the debunked bunkum, despite his own intelligence community's findings that that is simply not true. And there is simply no reason to believe that that is the case. There is no empirical evidence to verify that. Coming up with a conspiracy theory to try and foment xenophobia um, with respect to um, the Chinese has just as much factual support as taking Clorox. He can't just sit back and let the doctors and the scientists do their jobs. He's got to chime in. He may pick up the conspiracy theory that this was some weapon. People don't keep bats in captivity. It's complete baloney. We don't need to invoke conspiracy theories. This is just another example of, of the president trying to change the narrative from his own failings. The problem for President Trump is that he's running for re-election is looking for ways to deflect blame for uh, the performance of the administration. Yeah, anyway, there you go. That was the, uh, the montage that we played back in May 27th of 2021. Debunked bunkum. Complete baloney. You heard from all the frauds there, didn't you? Morning Joe, Al Sharpton. Who else did we get to hear from? The great Rush Limbaugh. It's another Rush Limbaugh see I told you so moment. He told us before the great one passed away. Another see I told you so moment from Rush. News. I'm Chris Foster. There are House hearings today and tonight about threats from China. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says an Energy Department report finding COVID-19 started with a Chinese lab leak is not the last word. There is not a consensus right now in the U.S. government about exactly how COVID started. Texas Senate Republican Ted Cruz. The overwhelming weight of the evidence for, for over two years now has been that this virus escaped from a Chinese government lab. He was on Hannity on Fox. The polls are open for today's mayoral election in Chicago. The nine candidate field is likely to prevent any one person from getting the 50 plus percent of the vote necessary to win. Officials say we should have a clear winner sometime this weekend, but it's shaping up to be an uphill battle for incumbent Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Fox's Jackie Abanez, Mayor Lightfoot, is, is in her first term. She's a Democrat. These elections, though, are nonpartisan. America's listening to Fox News. All right. Yeah, so I was looking through our, our audio archives because I, I was trying to track down who is this former New York Times science reporter. I swear we had him on the show. I, I might have to go back and look at my podcast page and just scroll all the way down to the start uh, to see if we can find it. But uh, it, here's another uh, audio file from our archives that I came across. Uh, and, man, if if I was a better record keeper, I, we would have so much uh, audio where where we were right, they were wrong. If we really wanted to gloat about it all day long, every day, but the fact is we're not gloating. It's, it's time for accountability. It's time for accountability of this administration. It's time for accountability of the fake news media. It's time for accountability with the communist Chinese. Uh, I was thinking about this uh, a few minutes ago. How long has it been now that John Jackson has joined us every Tuesday on this show? Because this clip goes all the way back to June 1st of 2021. When John Jackson w was with us on the show that morning, you raised a good question, which is, okay, what was the media's 
his motive. What was their motive in burying this thing? Because there was stuff that Trump would say last year. You know, Trump would say something, and then the media would be like, oh, I can't believe Donald Trump said this. And then even Dr. Fauci would come and say, well, actually, uh, Donald Trump is always right because he said blah, blah, blah. But what was, you know, even Fauci was very dismissive of the COVID lab. I mean, he was the leading guy saying, no, no, there's no way that it would have leaked out of that that lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Well, now, of course, we know what Fauci's motive was because he was the guy signing off on the the U.S. taxpayer funding at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So so now we know what his motive was. It was apparently burying uh, his connections to that because if you blame the lab, you're inadvertently also kind of tying Fauci into it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and also, everything coming out of the government of China uh, was trying to do away with that theory. They were trying to say it came from the wet market. And then, of course, they have got so much bribe money floating around D.C. and floating around this, the halls of power in this country that, that all of those people were in the ears of all of the mainstream media. Yeah. Saying, oh, no, that didn't happen. You know, our intel says, our sources say, blah, 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 blah. And they just they just parrot that line, the mainstream media does, particularly when it goes against Trump. Well, and then what about, and, and I think this ties in with John Cena here, too. So, okay, what was the media's motive here? Well, A, they didn't want to feed into Donald Trump's narrative, which was, okay, China is, China is to blame not just for COVID-19, but China is to blame when, when we talk about the, the, you know, the fact that we've been taxing companies out of America who benefits qui bono, China has benefited from us taxing companies out of America. Uh, you know, Donald Trump was taking it to, when it comes to our farm products. He was taking the fight to China. He was taking the fight to China on technology. One of the companies that's lining a bunch of pockets in Washington, D.C., Huawei, the Chinese telecom firm. You know, Donald Trump was taking the fight to them on a number of fronts. And so and so, yeah, they didn't want to feed into his narrative. If, if they would have any way suggested that Donald Trump was right about the bigger fight about the bigger narrative then they felt it was game over so they had to undercut this theory with everything they possibly had they 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 all right that was from almost two years ago back in june of 2021 this is where montana talks Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, listening to our conversations from back in uh, 2021, and, and we could go back even into 2020 where we were talking about COVID uh, lab leak theory that basically the uh, that basically the coronavirus came from well the lab that studies coronaviruses in Wuhan, China. And we could go back into the spring of, of, of 2020 when we were talking about that here on this show. I, I remember we had we had one liberal in, in Bozeman, uh, I think it was, sent, sent us an email at the time. I should see if I still have that in my email inbox. Did you really just suggest that, the, that this virus came from the lab in China? Uh, yes, yes, I did just suggest that. It's like... How in the world? Uh, and then I, I, you know, man, that would be fun. I, I should see when I got that email and then go back and see if we have the audio archives from that. Uh, anyway, you could just we could do this all day long. I guess it also begs the question is, does it even matter to the people that were arguing with us? How dare you raise this question that the virus came from the lab in China? Do they even care when the facts come out now? Heck, they didn't care when the facts came out that the Russia collusion hoax was a hoax. 
They didn't care when it came out that, oh, the FBI lied on these FISA applications. Oh, the Steele dossier was actually paid for by Hillary Clinton. They don't care. These, these folks on the left deliberately lie, deliberately concoct these hoaxes. They, and, and that's what, listening to that, that audio of the conversation between John Jackson and I going back into uh, June of 2021, I think what, right around when he first started joining us here on the show every Tuesday in the 8 o'clock hour, is it's just a reminder of how much they hated Donald Trump, how much they hated the people that voted for Donald Trump, that they were willing to completely throw the American economy into a nosedive and into a tailspin. They were, they were willing to do whatever they could to prop up the communist Chinese. A, a communist Chinese country that, by the way, still practices slavery, uh, that, that is, is basically uh, conducting genocide against Muslims in the eastern part of China and the way they control their people. But no, 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 they so hate Donald Trump. They so hate the people that voted for Donald Trump that they were willing to say anything. They were willing to do anything to shut this country down, to turn this economy uh, into a tailspin so that they could try to get rid of Donald Trump. Because every, every other coup attempt they tried hadn't been working so far. So they, uh, they, had to, they had to do something about this American economy. That is what is so disgusting about uh, this, this report that came out over the weekend about, about the Department of Energy saying, yeah, uh, it's likely that the, that the coronavirus came from the lab in China. Hey, but, but don't worry, folks. Uh, Joe Biden's administration is finally sticking it to China. He's finally sticking it to the communist Chinese. That was my reaction when I saw this story. Uh, thanks to our friends at Fox News Radio this morning. Let's see. Uh, an investigation from the New York Times found that top U.S. brands, top American companies, are exploiting migrant children and child labor laws by forcing the children to work in some of the country's most grueling jobs. You take that, China. Take that, China. The Bi what is the Biden administration doing? You know what? We're going to open up our borders. We're going to bring kids in from these other countries. And then we're going to force them to work in these uh, grueling uh, factories here in America. Yeah, Joe Biden, he's finally doing something about China, isn't he? He's saying, oh, China, you got... You got child uh, workers, uh, sweat factories over there. Oh, yeah, well, we'll show you. We'll open up America's borders. We'll bring these kids in from other countries, and we'll put them to work. Take that, China. Well, some of the employers named in the report include Cheerios and Fruit of the Loom. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre defending the Biden administration's response. To say that we have not taken this seriously after I just laid out what the Department of Labor has done over the past several months in particular, uh, I think uh, would, uh, you know, would, uh, would be inaccurate. The Department of Health and Human Services claims they were checking in on all minors who were believed to be living with a sponsor, but the Times found the agency couldn't contact more than 85,000 children over the past two years. Sue Gosman, Fox News. That's because they have no idea who is in this country. They have no idea who has entered this country. They have no idea how many kids have been trafficked and exploited because of their wide-open borders in the border policies that they have been pushing here. Man, unbelievable. Uh, let's see. Our producer, Travis, uh, spotted uh, this clip here. Montana Senator Steve Daines uh, was on the Fox Business uh, Network uh, with Larry Kudlow. 
and they were talking about this uh, uh, Department of Energy classified report uh, pointing the finger at uh, China and their uh, militarized uh, bio lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And I was there at the time in 2020 inside the White House. Trump slapping travel restrictions on China. Trump slapping travel restrictions on Europe. China never slapped travel restrictions on. Or if they did, they waited far too long. And this thing spread like wildfire from China to Italy, Milan, Italy, and then right into New York and the rest of the United States. You'll never convince me otherwise, Senator Daines. And if you disagree, I respect the disagreement. But that is my view. Well, Larry, I was listening to your comments before we went on the air with you. Uh, you're exactly right in terms of the censorship that was going on with social media as well as our federal government. When there were some on Capitol Hill, if you remember, we're talking about this was a viable theory as to why uh, why the COVID virus started in, in Wuhan, and it might have been a lab leak. Look, you can't believe anything the communist dictators in China are saying. Remember, we just came off the Chinese spy balloon fiasco. They call that a weather balloon. So why should we be believing the propaganda coming out of Beijing regarding the COVID virus? I, I think it is, is probable, now looking at these public uh, intel reports, that it did come out of that lab and I've asked, I was the first effect member now to insist upon getting this information. I'm going to go into the skiff. I want to read the reports firsthand and see what DOE's got at the mm -hmm. moment and I'll make a judgment myself. But if you remember Senator Cotton, Senator Cotton was out there publicly when yeah. this first came out a few years ago. He was belittled. It reminds me of what communist Chinese during the, did during the the, uh, the Cultural Revolution. They would belittle those who had contrary opinions. And at the end of the day, I think the Chinese were complicit in trying to cover up whatever happened there in Wuhan. And I think the lab leak is, is very much a viable theory. And I want to see the intel myself and get to the bottom of it. All right, that was uh, Senator Steve Daines on with Larry Kudlow on uh, uh, Fox Business. They also talked about uh, uh, a, a, gan a ban on gas stoves. I, I don't know about you guys. I love cooking with a gas stove. Uh, electric, I just, especially, I, I just love cooking eggs. And with a gas stove, I can cook the eggs just right because you can get the temperature just right you know how much heat's going on there it's evenly applied so i really don't like cooking with an electric stove but anyway you remember when this whole story came out that uh that uh, wasn't it the department of energy it was a biden hack inside the department of energy had proposed banning gas stoves and the biden administration lied and they said, oh, no, 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 we don't support banning gas stoves. This is what the left always does. They, they'll say, oh, they'll, they'll throw a little trial balloon out there, just like a little spy balloon ho hovering overhead. They'll float this little trial balloon. Hey, hey, put this out there. Just see what the reaction's going to be like. And then they'll say, oh, no, 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 come on, we're not doing that. And then eventually you find out, oh, no, no, they are doing it. Same thing has happened with the ban on gas stoves, as Senator Steve Daines pointed out, and he talked about this with Larry Kudlow as well. Right now, uh, Biden's uh, energy secretary, uh, Granholm, uh, I know she's the second uh, most, uh, most well-known uh, 
you know, member of the Department of Energy right now. The the most well-known member of the Department of Energy was that Sam Britton character. You know, the, the guy with the creepy mustache and the bald head who was stealing women's underwear from the uh, from the luggage carts at the airports across the country. He's since been fired, but uh, but their 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 energy department is pushing regulations that essentially would ban 96% of gas stoves that are on the market right now as we speak. So these these I'm telling you this Biden administration is deliberately trying to inflict this pain across America and that's why Congress needs to bring them to a halt. Hey hey speaking of pain, I know some of you are dealing with pain and you're trying to avoid surgery uh, if at all possible. You're uh, you know you're doing everything you can. You want to stay off the 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 pain meds as much as possible as well. That's just the right approach to take. Well, let me tell you, QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine. What they do, they use highly concentrated healing agents from your own body, and then they use that your body to restore and re- repair your damaged joint tissue. Uh, they are now on the ground here in Montana, and you can get a free consultation with local medical professionals. Uh, the number 406-201-6263. That's 406-201-6263. You know, spring is just around the corner and you're going to want to enjoy all that life has to offer, especially uh, in the spring and especially uh, in the summer. So uh, give QC Kinetics a call. Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. Four separate instances where evidence was emerging before our very eyes that not only did our government know about it, but your taxpayer dollars was partly responsible for funding what happened here. Now, we had the original flurry of emails in early January of 2020 between uh, Fauci and, and high-ranking NIH officials, you know, because they knew damn well the EcoHealth Alliance uh, was getting money from the NIH, and they were giving some of that money to the the Wuhan Virology Lab. Everybody knew the Wuhan Virology Lab was involved in gain-of-function research and coronavirus research. So it made sense, but then, you know, you had people like Fauci and others saying, oh, no, no, it's it's not that at all. From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show. War, inflation, and over $31 trillion in debt. It's looking like 2008 all over again. Millions of Americans watch their retirement savings disappear, while those who invested in physical gold and silver were protected. And if you have $50,000 or more in your IRA, 401k, or savings, you could be at risk again. Right now, thousands of Americans are using an IRS loophole to add physical gold and silver to their retirement savings. So call 855-815-GOLD to get a free gold IRA kit and learn how thousands are protecting their retirement savings with gold and silver. Protect your savings, and as a Sean Hannity fan, you could get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it. Gold Co. has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of customer reviews, and they've helped place over $1 billion in precious metals. We could be looking at a recession worse than 2008, so don't wait. Renewal by Anderson of Montana. Broadcasting from the Grizzly Gold and Silver Studios. Trusted by the Northwest. Montana owned. Online at grizzlygoldandsilver.com. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. This is Montana Talks. 
with Aaron Flint. All right, we just uh, had your uh, Sean Hannity morning update there. And uh, last night uh, on Sean Hannity's uh, TV program, he had Texas Senator Ted Cruz. I, I wanted to play uh, last week, I think it was Ted Cruz on his podcast that he does in the U.S. Senate. He did a, a whole podcast asking this question Why has Department of Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg not been fired yet? It laid out a number of reasons why Pete Buttigieg needs to just straight up be fired. Uh, apologize, I didn't get time to play that one for you, but let's play this one for you. Of course, we are your Fox News affiliate here, 1450 KMMS Bozeman, 970 KBUL Billings. Uh, basically, Texas Senator Ted Cruz laid out three facts to support why the coronavirus did come from the lab in China. I laid out the evidence then that it was obvious this came from a Chinese government lab. Let me point to three facts that are compelling. Number one, the Wuhan Institute for Virology, which studies not just viruses, studies coronaviruses, not just coronaviruses, coronaviruses derived from bats, is located just a couple hundred yards from the wet market where this outbreak first occurred in Wuhan, China. By the way, those bats don't occur naturally in China, any closer than 900 miles away, and yet few hundred yards from the lab, that's where the, the, the outbreak occurred. Data point number two, in November of 2019, before the pandemic, three separate researchers at the Wuhan Institute for Virology were hospitalized, went and checked themselves in for serious ailments, ailments that suggest that they may have been the very first people with COVID-19. In fact, that might have been how it escaped. Fact number three, after the pandemic began, the Chinese government actively destroyed the samples at the Wuhan Institute for Virology. Destroyed them and they also disappeared the whistleblowers. Now I'll tell you, in a court of law, if you're facing a subpoena and you go and destroy evidence, you can be held liable for that, but not only that, the judge will instruct the jury to draw an inference against you that if you're destroying evidence, it's because the evidence demonstrates your guilt. In this instance, the fact that China's first reaction was get rid of all the evidence shows that they knew, they covered it up. China bears the responsibility and the entire corporate media, CNN, MSNBC, all of the alphabet soup, the Washington Post, the New York Times, not only did they not cover this, they eagerly repeated the Democrat talking points and the talking points from the Chinese Communist government. It was dishonest. And, and profoundly corrupt. Exactly right. And how many of the media sources here in Montana did the same thing at the local level? They, they propped up these county health officers in some of these counties that, that aren't even doctors, uh, that were political appointees, basically, that were making these decisions to shut down some of these businesses. I mean, what, what took place in Gallatin County was, was disgusting. What took place in Yellowstone County uh, for a time was disgusting. Thankfully, we, the people, pushed back and uh, stopped that nonsense much quicker than other parts of the country. Uh, but Fauci, you know, Fauci needs to be held accountable for all of his lies. Fauci needs to be held accountable for signing off on the gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But speaking of gain-of-function research, uh, the Daily Caller has this. Uh, John Kirby, the Biden spokesperson, says Biden supports gain-of-function. Does the president believe that this type of gain-of-function research is proven? He believes that um, it's important to help prevent 
future pandemics, which means he understands that there has to be legitimate scientific research into the sources or potential sources of pandemics so that we understand it so that we can prevent them and we can prevent them from happening, obviously. Um, but he also believes, and, and, and this is why he wants the, the whole of government effort here to understand it, um, that that research has to be done and must be done in a safe and secure manner as, and as transparent as possible to the rest of the world so that so people know what's going on. So I think that's a fancy way of saying yes.